Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. This is Rob from the Retro Junkies, and you're listening to Two Dudes and an S. I kind of like these guys. Hey, Justin. What's up, man? Oh, pronouncer of words, you. Do me a favor and pronounce this uh, we- this week's game. Uh, something, some game called Anthrax? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good. It's about the band, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, I looked it up on Google as we were getting ready to start, and you, were, you, were, you had to go do something, and so while you were off gathering your things, I, I looked it up on Google. All right, well, enlighten us. Well, I forgot. While you were gone, you were gone too long, and I forgot. Well, this is a great podcast already. <laughs> no, I think it's a, something Aston, Astinax. Yeah, Aston's recording. Okay. Astinax. 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 Well, there's another guy in the room here. Let's ask him. Oh, good idea. Good idea. Yes. Well, my best guess is a Steinax. A Steinax. Oh, that sounds good. I think we'll go yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. So, welcome, Greg. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Greg. Yay! <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, Greg is from the SNES podcast or the SNES podcast, I guess if you could say. God bless you. Doesn't matter. The terms are used like interchangeably. Uh, so, yeah. Greg, introduce yourself if you don't mind. Tell everybody what your show is. Oh, sorry. Thanks. Uh, Greg, introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about your show real quick. Uh, well, my name's Greg. I go by Soulblazer Online. Uh, I started the Super NES podcast about, uh, going on about like five months ago now, I think. Um, don't, uh, currently, currently doing the podcast solo, uh, trying to find somebody else to join me on the podcast as like a regular, like a regular co-host. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun just basically just talking about some of my favorite, my favorite Super NES games. Uh, Michael was kind enough to grace the podcast with his presence about a month ago to talk about one, to talk about one of his favorite Super NES games, uh, Wild Guns. Yep, it was a good time. Hmm. Yeah, you're really really hurting for guest stars there. <laughs> oh, thanks, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Well, it's only really yeah. this week that the guest star pool ran out. Finally, I had to do if I had to do the F- if I had to do the F Zero episode by myself. So, meh. Oh well. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. 
Uh, Ferg does it, and uh, Phil, the, the Atari people do it. So <laughs> I think they do it though because they just don't have enough bit to handle more than one person. You know, they don't right. have enough, uh, you know, pow- processing power to handle more than one person on the show. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're glad to have you on, Greg. And we're, and part of the reason you're on is because you were very gracious in your your donations to the show. And we definitely appreciate that. And in doing so, uh, you got to come on the show and you got to pick the game for the show. So a double whammy for us here. And it should be fun. And it's probably good that you're coming on because we don't really... Some some games like the... I guess games that we don't know how to pronounce like Faxanadu or Fazanadu or whatever. We have trouble with those games. So it's good to have somebody on that knows a little bit about it. <laughs> yes, well, I admit I was... Uh, like I met this uh, double whammy of the, of the purpose of picking a game and being on the podcast kind of worked out together very well. So, Yep. Good deal. So, I guess we should just go ahead and kick into the show. Justin, do you have some historical tidbits and trivia for us? Justin may not be there. Sounds like he's dealing with a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's... Uh, okay, i tell you what, Greg. I've got a bonus for you. Okay. Since we're waiting on Justin, hopefully he will tell us when he's back. How about a return of the Greek quiz? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> last, time, uh, last time we did a Greek game, I gave Justin a Greek quiz. So um, let's do another one today. You ready? Ah, it's ready to win a beam. Okay. What is given to Kronos to eat instead of his son Zeus? A bull, huh? his twin brother, a rock wrapped in baby's clothes, or his son cooked by his wife? <laughs> I-, I believe the correct answer like, is his son. Uh, it's actually a rock bat wrapped in baby's clothes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, there you go. Justin, are you back yet, by the way? Yes, okay. I'm back. Sorry. You can partake in this quiz, too, if you'd like. We, we started taking a quiz because we noticed that we asked for history, and then history wasn't there. So Okay. All right, question two. You just call your name out if, uh, if you think you know the answer. Question two. How does Prometheus anger the gods? Is it A, by giving fire to humankind and tricking Zeus? Greg. Okay, Greg. I guess it's A. Uh, Yep, that's the correct answer. Bingo. Greg is a oh boy. Greek whiz. Apparently. Alright. Question three. How does Odysseus escape Polyphemus's cave? Is it A, a cape of invisibility and winged sandals? B, wine, a very sharp stick and lots of rams? <laughs> C, a hollow... I'm going to go with B. Justin B. Okay. Yep. It, I is. Like that it is. It is. Sweet. Tied at 1 1 now. Uh, let's make this the final question since this was just a opportunity to pass time. Final question. Winner takes all. Unless not, nobody gets it, which I'll do another question. In what practice do the flower myths of Hynaseth and Adonis probably have their roots? Human sacrifice. B, homosexuality, C, adultery, 
or D, cannibalism. And this is all of a sudden not super family friendly, and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read these before I before I started. So, <laughs> Justin. Okay, Justin. D. No, it's not D. Uh, Greg, do you have an answer? Well, well, I'm gonna guess uh, B. Mm, no, okay. Let's try one more here. It was actually A, human sacrifice. Ugh. I thought D was human sacrifice. No, uh, that was adultery. No, it's cannibalism. Ah, <laughs> Okay, all right. Technicality. Okay, here, this is, this is, uh, let's try this one here. What famous couple do this, does the story of Pyramus and Thisbe most closely resemble? Is it A, Anthony and Cleopatra, B, Pamiglion and Galatia, or C, Romeo and Juliet, or D, Napoleon and Josephine? Hey, Greg. Okay, Greg. Uh, C. Romeo and Juliet? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yep, that's it. Greg wins. The, the makeshift, uh, the makeshift <laughs> Greek quiz. Yeah, you gave that one away, though. <laughs> <laughs> you you enunciated Romeo and Juliet really, really bad. Well, it's the only ones I could pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, but I thought that was a red herring. I was going away from it. I thought he's enunciating it, trying to throw us off. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sometimes no, the obvious yeah. solutions look like the correct ones. Yep, there you go. You should listen to Greg, Justin. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So, history. And now it's time for Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. All right. So some history on this game. It was developed by a company called ICOM or ACOM. I don't know how you would pronounce that. A-I-C-O-M. And published for the NES by Jellico. Jellico? I believe it's pronounced it's Jalco. Jalco. I was thinking okay. Jellico. <laughs> because we already covered a well, Jalco game in like my in podcast. I had, so I've always said Jalco. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it was originally an arcade game and then was ported to the NES. Now, a couple of differences between the arcade and the NES version is the NES version was only allowed one player, where in the arcade game, you could have a two player cooperative mode, which would have been kind of cool, I think, for the NES version, but we'll talk about that in the gameplay. Um, it was directed by, here we go, Tokahiro Takamori. Takamori. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He directed, published, he directed, produced, and designed this game, and composed. And the composer for this game's music was Kiyoshi Yokoyama. Mm, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he liked that. Yep. Getting better. Get it's, not better. It's, not, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. So this game was centered around a uh, 16-year-old high school student uh, who gets involved in a like a um, dream world, another dimension. Uh, centered around Greek mythology. Uh, some of the differences be- between the arcade version and the NES version is like the uh, didn't have the cooperative mode. Um, the life, uh, like in the arcade ve- version, the player has a life gauge, a strength gauge that fills automatically when he is not attacking, and a magic gauge for his spells. But unlike the arcade version, the player can wield other weapons besides the axe, as well has used different magic spells. So it uh, expounded on it a little bit. 
um, in the arcade version. Um, the companies that we haven't really talked about either of these companies, either ICOM or Jailco. Jailco, is that that's right? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Um, kind of smaller name gaming companies. Um, they've actually developed a lot of games. One of the Jailco's fa- more famous games is Bases Loaded, mm-hmm. which we have not talked about yet, but probably will. Yeah, look forward to that one. Yeah. Um, and also, Pinball Quest is another game of Jelco. Acom, really not a whole lot of no- notables there. Uh, I did like the name of the game, Blaster Master Boy, because it just sounds awesome. Blaster Master Boy? Yeah, Blaster huh. Master Boy. I never yeah. heard about that one. It was a Game Boy game. Oh, okay, okay. So, so who uh, ma- did they not make Blaster Master? No, they just Blaster Master Boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Just came in to do the boy the Game Boy version. Sweet. So, uh, anyway, so, Michael, did you have this game? Or did you go on some giant mythological another dimension quest to get this game? And now it's time for Michael's quest to find... The cart. Uh, I went on a giant mythological another dimension quest to get this game. No, not really. But I will say, before I talk about my quest for this cart, I'm a little disappointed. I was totally expecting a quiz, since we have a guest on. <laughs> oh. So it's a, it's a good thing that we did the Greek quiz. Yeah. You know, that is so weird. I always want to do that, and I did not even think about it. Oh man, I am failing. That's okay. It's okay. I just it, that just means I'm st- I still have a winning record. So Greg, <laughs> he, he may have taken I think me Greg down. Would have, he would have taken you down on this one. Yeah. yeah. So I still have a winning record thanks to that. So mm, I'm okay with it. But yeah. anyways, my quest for this card, I actually uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, I was just randomly searching through games at a store called Level Up Games here in Knoxville. And I saw this game, and it wasn't very expensive. It was like, I think they had they had buy two, get one free on NES games. So I think this one ended up being about $3 or something to, to buy. But um, I actually bought it because I thought it was something else. Because the name, it's, you know... The, the label was a little bit tattered. I couldn't really see the label all that well. But I saw that the name of it was Astanax. Is that what it is? Sorry, Astanax. Anyways, there's also a game for NES called Abadox, right? Yes. And for some reason, I was like, oh, I remembered, I remembered Abadox. And I was like, oh, I like that game, Abadox. And even though this said Astanax, I, could, I thought it was Abadox. And so I was like, oh, sweet, I'm going to pick this up. And then I got home, I was like, this is not what I remembered when I was a kid playing Abadox. <laughs> so I accidentally, accidentally picked up this game, um, thinking it was a different game, just because the names are two weird names that start with A. Well, I'm actually impressed you had this game already because this is not a very like, common game. I've talked to people over the years about how much I love this game and hardly anybody's played and played it. So really? it's really impressive that you already had the cart. Well, I just kind of stumbled across it, and I'm surprised it wasn't expensive if it's rare. Well, I don't have the game. I played it on a cheating version. Oh, uh, like demo. demo. Uh, but I thought it was a good game, segueing into the gameplay. Yeah, does, does anybody else have a quest? I guess you, you don't have a quest. No, I don't have a quest. Okay, 
That's fine. So gameplay. Gee, I wonder what these guys have to say about the game. So anyway, to get started on the gameplay here, uh, I really, really enjoyed this game. What uh, I got to play of it this past week, week and a half, however long it's been that I've been kind of working on this game. Uh, really entertaining game that I never even knew or heard about until really until it's time to start talking about it for the show. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and I, I guess. I guess a lot of people haven't really heard about it for some reason, and that mm-hmm. no, that it's not a very common it. game, which is one of the reasons that I wanted to pick this like for the show because this has always been a cinnamon favorite of mine. Um, uh, my history of the game, like real quick, uh, as I talked about before in the past, like on my own podcast, I was lucky enough to grow up with a mom who managed a video store and did it like the NES rentals and helped her to buy the games, uh, to buy the games, the store, the store to rent, and she'd bring them home first when they came in, so I got to try them out. And in late 1990, when I was a freshman in high school, uh, she brought home this game called Steinax. And, and there were so many similarities between just myself right then in that time and this game with being a freshman in high school, uh, like in the fall, like a whatnot. Uh, and uh, and uh, I was 14 when I got this game. And I was, and you know, so I totally missed in the intro the, the fact that the, the, the intro the fact the fact the guy's supposed to be 16 because that doesn't make any sense. Usually, usually, usually for high schools in the U.S., as a freshman, like you're 14. So I don't know what the deal is with that. But anyway, yeah, I just, or 15. Yeah, sometimes. well, well, I just thought he was 14 in the game, so everything so everything just kind of connected with me as far as like a sentimental, emotional connection to the game and a. Uh, and yeah, and yeah, I was a big fan of action platformers at the time, and just I thought the game was a blast. I mean, I I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, good graphics, great music, uh, like very good cutscenes. Uh, just like yeah, I know, uh, I, just right about difficulty level. Uh, not too tough, not too easy. I thought so. Yeah, we're kind of talk, we're kind of dancing around the story, and and since we're dancing around the story, I have a little something. Um. Just a little something here that I like to do every now and then. The manual. The manual. <laughs> the manual. Can can you guys see it? Not yet. Yep, I have it up. Okay. Am I presenting it properly, or is my internet too choppy for to present it? I'm not seeing it. Oh, that's but, cool. Uh, okay. Go yeah, ahead and go nice. with it. All right. So, let's uh. Let's just begin here with the with the story. Dreams. The girl is beautiful, probably the most beautiful girl you have ever seen. But she seems sad or afraid. She is caught, trapped in some sort of a bubble, and there is someone standing by her, someone dark, evil. She looks <laughs> towards you and calls, Astanax, Astanax, and then you wake up. So I'm going to stop right here, first of all, <laughs> because the game starts, it's, there's this weird named kid, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's 16 years old, he's a high school kid, and he's dreaming about a beautiful girl. I'm thinking there's nothing unusual here, right? Things are going, <laughs> yeah, things are taking a turn here. <laughs> yeah, I'm... And a turn uh, yeah. for the good, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you know what I like about this game is you got a kid named Astonax. <laughs> But yet he goes to just a place called Greenview High School, just a plain Jane name, uh, high school. And think, oh, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, and the uh, well, we'll, get, well, hang on. Let's read some more story. We'll get to some else, some other points here. You are Asinax, a 16-year-old student at Greenview High, and you haven't had a whole lot of sleep lately. A beautiful girl has been invading your dreams, along with some something sinister. She's being held captive. You're not sure where. All you know is you're running late for algebra, and you won't worry about a strange fa- fairy tales. Still nothing abnormal here. <laughs> so, having dreams about a beautiful girl, um, late for algebra, mm-hmm. still seems pretty normal. Okay, right. the gate to Rimlia. As you head home from school later that day, the questions of this morning appear again in your mind. Who is that girl, and who is keeping her in a bubble? <laughs> You're so lost in thought, you barely notice the sky change colors and the sun become a blinding ball of purple fire. And then everything goes black. So so that's where the story starts. So you go to algebra, probably flunk, because you're too caught up in Princess Rosebud, which is her name. But the funniest part to me is in the dream, Princess Rosebud is calling out to you or whatever, and then you go to this magical world of Rimlier and the first thing you see is a fairy and the fairy's name is Cutie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, the names in this game like are over the top. Where they got these names from, I have no idea. Yeah. And yeah. then the the boss man, the evil wizard, Blackhorn. He's the one that's yeah. kidnapped Prince Rosebud and his right hand man, Thorndog. Thorndog, I love that name. <laughs> when I saw that name come across the first cutscene, you know, that's that, that mentioned him, I was like, that is the greatest <laughs> thorn dog. Yeah. It sounds like somebody who was on your high school baseball team. Yeah. Hey, thorn dog. <laughs> sounds like a wrestler to me. Thorn dog. Yeah. Nice, n- nice hitting today, thorn dog. <laughs> really knocked that one out of the park. Yeah. 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 So there you go. And then uh, there's also the pet Caesar, who's the mm-hmm. the first level's boss. And that's when you get that cutscene with Thorndog. He says, when Thorndog goes to Blackhorn and says, "Hey," and I imagine Thorndog probably talks a little bit uh, gangster, you know. So, <laughs> of course, that's how of I course. picture him. But he says, "Hey, Blackhorn, you know, your pet Caesar dead." Now Caesar, here's what I gotta say about Caesar. Caesar looks like a gremlin on the on a dinosaur's body, with. Some kind of knight riding him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So is yeah. Caesar the dragon-looking thing, or is it the gremlin? Or is it no? It's, it does say gremlin face, but the thing that's on his back. The I think the thing that's on his back is just like somebody riding, just like a knight riding. Yeah, okay. Him. I don't know. I don't know. That was just my interpretation. <laughs> uh, hang on, I want to read from the manual. The description of Caesar because it's hilarious. Yes, it is. (laughs) Sweet. Monstrous creature with a gland problem. Blackhorn's pet, (laughs) also known as Gremlin Face, the thing that walks like a chicken, and Daphne, but only to its closest friends. Got a, he's got a growth hormone tumor. He's just got a gland. This is what I missed like, about the NES days. They used to have these hilarious manuals that just made you crack up laughing by reading through them. Yeah, it's but one of the it's, reasons it's weird. we always do it's ha- Some of them are serious, and some of them are just just off the wall crazy. Yeah, Konami really had great manuals back in those days. Just wicked funny. Yeah, I think that's really the best of the manual there. 
there's just a few few things, items and cutie and <clears throat> help Jellico invent new games you like. Ooh. <laughs> Check that out. Don't let's... even get me started on that. Uh, so have I ever told you my story about that? No, I don't think so. So, you know, NBA Jam was created by Acclaim, right? Mm-hmm. And I wrote as a eight-year-old, I don't know how old I was, but I wrote to Acclaim and said, hey, you need to make uh, an NBA Jam-style game with college teams, right? Mm-hmm. They wrote me a letter back, actually. Um... And I wish I'd kept it, because, like, it's hilarious that they even wrote me back, because it was wrote by an eight-year-old on, like, notebook paper, <laughs> and they, like, sent me a letter back. And I remember the letter just saying, like, we, you know, thank you for your input, but we don't take any ideas from... Um, eight-year-old outs- kids. <laughs> right, for, yeah, I, you know. Ah, oh, man, I wish I'd kept that letter. But, because uh, nobody will probably believe me that I, that I actually got that letter back from them. But uh, anyway, so like 12 months later, College Slam comes out, <laughs> which is basically NBA Jam with college teams. Mm. And, uh, you know, I filed a lawsuit. And, <laughs> and, uh, no. <laughs> but <laughs> I like to think I had a little bit of peace in that. So are you saying that you invented the college NBA Jam game? I'm saying that I may have been involved. Okay. Hey, there's a similar story about Nintendo doing that, I think, isn't there? Some guy wrote in Nintendo with an idea, and he wrote, they wrote him back. Uh, I don't know. Anyways. Well, I actually I, did write in yeah. Nintendo several times when I was about that age, and I got letters back. Like all the, I was back on, to my responses, and I do have those letters still. So I totally believe they just got a response back. Huh. Well, that's cool. Uh, that's cool. I, I don't think... So I think what happened to Justin, though, was uh, that uh, some guy got a hold of it down in like the mail room, and uh, he took it all the way to the top. He, yeah. he, he became a big wig at a claim because of that. That's probably what happened. And he wrote the letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he took my idea and uh, ran with it. Yeah. Yep. So see, Greg, when you talk about College Slam... On your podcast, you need to have me on there because I had technically invented it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime you want to be on the podcast, Justin, like you're welcome to. I mean, Michael's already I beat you there, so they've got to one up on him. Yeah. Sweet, sounds good. <laughs> it's got to be about College Slam, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so back to the uh, back to the let's well before we get back into the gameplay, let's let's discuss a little high score challenge. Ooh. You want to? We yeah. uh, obviously we've been talking about this for weeks. We have a high score group on Facebook now where we do high scores. Uh, please come join that. It's a lot of fun. But we are doing it for every game that we ever do moving forward. You know. Mm-hmm. So this game came up, and we got four submissions, including myself. You guys didn't technically submit through the. The uh, high score group on Facebook. But that's okay. If you got scores, we can still take those. Yes, I have air. a high score, but I didn't really think it was fair of me to enter the contest because I'm actually on the show with you guys. So I kind of felt it was conflict of interest. Uh, no, it's definitely not. I mean, I enter. I enter it every week. So. <laughs> if it's a conflict of interest with anybody, it's me. But you know, I probably should stop entering because I'm always at the bottom. Unless Justin, <laughs> en- unless Justin enters, and then I'm in second to the bottom. Yeah, unless I enter, then I'm definitely... I am uh, what you would call, as you were in tennis, bottom of the barrel, Mr. Suck. 
Unless we get John. Maybe John will be bottom of the barrel, Mr. Suck. Because yeah, that's, that's, that's what happened to me in tennis. Once John came on, I was no longer bottom of the barrel. Well, that was another reason so. I didn't enter the contest, because the, uh, I played the game again this week, and I'm and I'm quite glad to say I, st- I still have... Uh, I'm quite pleased to say I still have my touch. I was able to beat the whole game like one continue. So I think my score would have blown everybody out of the water. So, Well, what was it? Because we got some pretty good scores submitted. Um, my final score when I beat the game was 960,000 even. Uh, okay, so you did barely squeak out on top if you would have submitted. If You still can. get on, Go on the high score. I'm telling you, if you have a picture or if you want to play it again, take a picture. Submit it, and you can you can get on top of the high score. But number one outside of Greg's score is Douglas Delecky with eight hundred eighty-two thousand nine hundred. Yeah, that's a very good score when too. I saw his, yeah, when I saw his, I just didn't even try. Yeah. Uh, after him is Sean, the creator of the high score board, Sean Muldowney, uh, and. Again, we know we've now realized why John, or not John, why Sean has created the high scoreboard is because he can <laughs> he can produce high scores, mm-hmm. and therefore he has reason to. So he's number two. The number three is is, is good old dude Baz with three hundred fifty thousand four hundred. Oh, I forgot to mention Sean. Sean's was five hundred forty three thousand two hundred. Then Baz had three hundred fifty thousand four hundred, and then me coming in at the bottom with three hundred six thousand four hundred. Well, how far in the game did you make it? I made it to the third level boss. Okay. Actually, I made it to... No, I beat the third level boss. I made it to level 401. Okay. Because, see, I got all the way to the end of the third level. And I actually came close to you for the first time. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. With a 296,000 score. Ooh. But um, I couldn't get past 3-2. Okay. the, the, The boss there. Yeah. So just me beating the boss got me an extra, like, 5,000 points, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's how I beat you by around 10,000. Yeah. That's good, though. That's good. So, anyways, congratulations to Douglas Delecki. I think this is his first win uh, for a weekly podcast. So good job, Doug. All right. All right. So talking about this game, the first thing I want to mention as we talk a little bit more about the game, is the graphics. I think these are maybe some of the best graphics that have come out on the NES. The sprites are huge, and the they're very detailed. There's a lot of color. I was just really, really impressed by the graphics. Yeah, I think the graphics are phenomenal. The only, You know what was funny, though, that I thought was kind of funny? Because you've got this kid, he's like 16 years old, and in the cutscenes, you know, he looks young. And then, when he gets into the game, he's like this huge, he definitely looks like a huge dude, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, Justin. I was going to say, the graphics of this game are great, uh, but the... Uh, the the one the one graphical thing I don't like is how your character looks in the game. He looks stupid. I, I mean, yeah. like just that just that blocky giant blue dude. And you're like, what the heck is this? <laughs> uh, I yeah. would I would don't know if I would go so far as to say he looks stupid myself, but I guess I can see where you guys are coming from. I've seen some pretty big sixteen year olds though. Yeah, some big sixteen year olds. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, this game came out in 1990, and 1990 to me was the golden year of like NES games. I think like some of my personal favorites and some of the best NES games came out this year. And by like, by this point, programmers and developers had learned how to be able to wrangle the most out of the system. So we really started having some very beautifully looking games. And this game has some. Like, this game has some really. But even hi. Uh, I think even today, 25 years later, still has like some very like impressive graphics I and mean, like you know, bright, vivid colors, very nice detailed backgrounds. Uh, you, you can say so you recognize, so you recognize just like what everything is as far as your items and enemies and whatnot. Uh, the cutscenes are almost like Ninja Gaiden-ish as far as their mm-hmm. as far as their graphical quality. Just yeah, very very like pretty looking like all around. Yeah, I, I like it. I like what you said about Ninja Gaiden. It does remind me a lot of Ninja Gaiden in the cutscene aspect. Even the way that they're drawn kind of reminds me of Ninja Gaiden. Now, I also one, go ahead, Jason. It's one one aspect that I really like that you don't see a lot in NES games, but you see in later systems, and that's the bosses are huge in this game. Yes, yes they that's are. where yep. I was going to go next. Actually, how awesome the yeah. boss character designs were. In the, in yeah, the absolutely. So. And yeah, the way I, you fight, the way you fight the bosses too, because you have to like they're huge, but there's certain parts of the body that you have to hit. And I thought that mm-hmm. was just really cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The tree boss is my favorite, like for both reasons, not only because of how he looks and uh, looks and 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 the enemy design, but also, uh, but also have to, uh, but also with, like how you have to fight it. I have to like you take it out like in parts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the uh, Medusa character because it looks like. You know, I know. I guess she's supposed to be on like a bunch of snakes. Like it's supposed to be like a skeleton on a bunch of snakes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it looks like it's just somebody who's pooped all their guts out. <laughs> but, uh, green guts. Yeah, green guts. Yeah. But she throws all those little snakes at you. There's so many just little aspects in this game that are just like they're really cool. And how a lot of the just the, the regular bad guys as you're, you're coursing through the the stages. Um, they start out as like those little globs, and then they grow. Uh, just the animation is phenomenal. Yeah, there's not too yeah. much graphical or graphical breakup or flickering in this game either. I mean, there's a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, we're gonna talk about this later on. Some of the stages, some of the stages had to go vertically as well as horizontally, and some NES games have problems with sprites when you fly them vertically. Not this game. Everything's handled like, very smoothly. Yeah. yeah, I saw a little bit of flicker. When yeah, there's a little bit, it. and it. Might- and it, and, and it may have just been because my copy was not the most pristine copy of the game. You but, didn't blow hard enough on it, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, <laughs> you're, probably, you're probably right. But, I don't know, it just it seemed like it flickered pretty much constantly for me. It wasn't distracting, though. It was, there wasn't a distracting amount of flicker, but it seemed like there was quite a bit of flicker just throughout the game. But it didn't slow down, it was just, I don't know, there's just some weird sprite issues, I thought. That was really, that would really be my only complaint about the graphics. What about the uh, the cutscenes? Now, I think Greg, you mentioned the cutscenes earlier and, and how good the cutscenes are. You know, at, at the beginning, like it really kind of brings you into the story. I really like how just the game starts out with just into the story before you even get to the start screen. Um, and uh, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the cutscenes are definitely one of the things that I really liked about the game the most, and one of the things that definitely uh, endeared the game to me because I, uh, because I'm also a huge fan of like Ninja Gaiden, and Ninja Gaiden is the game that really brought in the whole cutscene phenomenon. And a lot of other games duplicated cutscenes or tried to have cutscenes in their games after that. And some games did it better than others. I thought this game did a great job with cutscenes. 
they may not have been as long as the ones you saw in Ninja Gaiden, but the graphic the graphic detail was very sharp. Um, uh, there was actually there was actually there was actually some story and character development that was told uh, during the cutscenes, like in the various scenes, um, and just like you know some very like um, uh, some very touching, powerful uh, uh, things that happened during the game, also uh, like the cutscenes. Um, I don't know how much I should talk about the later game or spoil it since neither of you guys finished the game, but uh, go uh, go ahead, go ahead, Greg. We <laughs> want we want to hear about it, so, but. Well, I won't go into it too much right now. Just basically, the cutscenes—the cutscenes really did a very, uh, the, the, the cutscenes really did a great job of condensing the time, the the time that you watch them versus the the versus the, versus the quality of what you get out of them. Uh, just very concise, clear, very good cutscenes. I thought. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, Greg. Just go ahead and fill us in with the rest of the story. We know he gets into the Rimlia. He's supposed to save the princess. Tell us the rest of the story, real quick. Well, okay, uh, like real quick, uh, like you know, Blackthorn is concerned like about him because apparently in the apparently this world, humans are supposed to be getting uh, like enhanced abilities, uh, which is why the princess kind of sought the uh, sought him out to pull him to pull him like into the world, uh, and Cutie uh, uh, like also comments on it, uh, and the uh, and so and so basically this guy the Steinax, he's kind of feeling like when the game starts, he's kind of like, you know, I don't know what's going on here. I mean, like, you know, really, I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm just like 16, blah, 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 blah. But by about halfway through, um, you know, by about halfway through like, the game, like, he's feeling his oats. I mean, like, he's definitely, like, you know, like, you know, uh, definitely, like, definitely feeling charged up and like a man, just like, you know, okay, bring it on. <laughs> like, I'm ready for this. So, um, and then, like, toward the end of the game, uh, one of the boss battles is against a, um, a what was a, um, uh, uh, Blackthorn's uh, um, a magic magic gate assistant. Uh, thorn dog. Uh, yes. Um, thorn dog. You have a, no thorn dog. Yep. You have a battle against Thorn Dog later on, and when you beat Thorn Dog, uh, Thorn Dog, the Thorn Dog has a curse that uh, has a curse that puts you into stone. Uh, and the only way to be able to, uh, it's like Rostyanax can think and, and speak, but he can't move. And the only way to be able to lift that curse is QDS, like QDS sacrifice herself. So, oh, sad. Yeah, so she dies, and that just that really pisses Steinax off. Like at this point, so <laughs> he charges, he charges, through, he charges through the castle, um, and, and like finally the final battle, like against Blackthorn, you beat him. Uh, the princess thanks you, thanks you for rescuing her. Uh, offers to have you attend this really lavish, lavish party, but Steinax is like, no, I gotta get back home. And parents are gonna be like freaking out about me. Uh, blah 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 blah. So, um, so it's like, so we sent back home, and everything appears to be normal. And the next day, he's going to school, and he passes a girl that he thinks looks familiar, and he, she does a double take. He's going like, what? And then he turns around, and it's Cutie, like in human form. Uh, Rosebud, re- uh, Rosebud used her powers to resurrect her uh, and send her and send her spirit, I guess, uh, back to Earth, so that like the two of them like to be together. Because the, two of the, because, the, because the two of them kind of formed kind of a close-knit relationship, uh, a friendship, a friendship like, in the course of the game. So, very sweet ending. I really like the ending of like, this game a lot. So oh, That's wow. good. That's a pretty good little story to this game, then. I very wish I could have uh, actually game, beat it. Yeah. But. yeah. You, I like games that really, really put a lot into the story, you know, and it's not just kind of, you know, a typical thrown-together story. Yeah, so it's exactly. Like they really because, tried. like, you know, one of the best things about Ninja Gaiden that kept me, that kept me playing was, like, wanted to find out what happened to the story next. And this game does the same thing. 
but you want to keep playing to find out what happens next in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. So what about the sound and the music? I thought the music was pretty rad in this game. I really like the music, and I really like the start screen music. Like, when I first played this game, the start screen music, I was like, this music's going to be pretty good. Yeah, this game is a great soundtrack. Uh, um... Uh, uh, I actually, actually, this is one of about a dozen NES games. I actually enjoy the music so much, like so much, I actually have like my phone, like, I can listen to it, sound like whenever I want to. So, uh, really good music. Um, not a lot of pieces, but a lot of variety to it, and very well done, like very well composed. Um, my, uh, I really enjoy that short little, short little, short little way, uh, heroic piece. It's actually a piece that Justin. Um, and Michael, that you guys played uh, in last episode uh, to announce this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that little ditty. Yeah. But that's my personal. That was my. Yeah. That's my favorite track. Yeah, that's, that's my. Why. Yeah, sure, but that's my personal favorite also. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, I I didn't really notice. I have trouble noticing sound effects most of the time in the game, but I did like the music, and I, I'm not sure what to think about the sound effects. There's something about the sound effects. I guess is it's interesting is. I've started to notice them more now that I'm doing a podcast about the games. It's not something I necessarily even remembered from, you know. And yeah, and I would agree with that. Even playing games that like I played a long time ago and have come back to, and I'm like, oh, I notice these sound effects now because I'm, you know, trying to pick up on things more. Yeah, but, that happens to me too, actually. That that's cool. So I thought the sound effects were, were good in this game. Yeah, like what sound effects that there are, they're pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as we're kind of wrapping things up here, uh, I'm just going to let's just have a little round table about just various things that we like or dislike about the game, real quick. I will say one thing I do like is a, a lot of NES games. There's the infamous knockback, right? Like Mega Man, Castlevania, mm-hmm. Ninja Gaiden. Yep. You have this knockback where it. It's almost like they designed it just so that if you get knocked back, you're going to fall into a hole. Yeah. Well, this game had a knockback, but it almost always knocked me back and landed me on a platform. So I really yeah. like that about the game. Yeah, and the bad guys had a knockback too. Yeah, but, um, you can knock them back, back, yeah. Yeah. So so that's something I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to say? You know, my biggest my biggest pluses on this game we've already really discussed, and that was the graphics, the sprites, and the and the music. And um, but I, for me, this is kind of a game that was up my alley. It was like just uh, a lot of just I love the action adventure style games, side uh, side scrollers. Yeah, yeah, I figured this game would be right up your alley, Justin. As I was playing, yeah. I was like, Justin's gonna really dig this one. I really like the bosses too. I know we've already said that, but I just want to reiterate that I just really like the boss battles in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Greg, you got anything else to say? Uh, yeah. I'll, uh, yeah t- uh, uh, just to add on to everything that you guys have already said, because I definitely love all the things that you guys have already mentioned, but one of the things I really like about this game also um, is the whole weapons versus magic system that's in place here. Um, uh, you have the ability to be able to upgrade your weapon uh, to two times because you start off with an axe and then you can go to a spear. And the spear is actually worse than an axe. But if you want to get the sword, which is the best weapon in the game, you have to you have to suffer through the spear first, like for a while. So, and there's actually a bit of strategy involved with that because depending upon but you die and you go back to the axe, depending upon where in the game you are, you, you so you may be better off just keeping on the axe for a while because 
uh, uh, because you don't want to go up against a boss like this spear because the spear is not that good. Um, and I also, uh, I also really like how this game has like strength meter uh, uh, attached to it also, uh, because there's certain strategies that you want to use against certain enemies then because of that. Um, basically, the strength meter works that if the strength meter is full, you do more damage than if you than if you attack somebody when the strength meter is only like halfway filled or quarterway filled or whatnot. So some enemies, like some enemies, you can just rush up to them and, and just bash them several times quickly and defeat them. Other guys, you want to go in, and hit them, hit them full strength, fall back, avoid their counterattack, wait a second for like your gauge to build back up again, your strength gauge, like then go like and dart in, like hit them again. So a certain amount of strategy of uh, strategy mixed into this action platform uh, element to element of the game, which I really loved. Um, and it, uh, and it, uh, I also really like yeah, how I you noticed. get. Uh, I also really like how you have magic in the game too. How you can pick them, uh, pick them uh, three different spells. That freeze, that freeze time uh, spell is great for boss fights. Yeah, I noticed a lot of times that I would my strategy is when you're talking about the strength meter, and I can't believe we forgot to mention that. But yeah, I noticed a lot of times my strategy would be to always let it fill up unless I needed to deflect an attack. Like there's a lot of projectiles in this game mm-hmm. that you yes. can deflect by using that. Yeah. So if I'm deflecting attacks, I'm not letting it charge. Otherwise, I usually let it charge up. So, I don't know if that was a good strategy because I didn't make it very far in the game, but that's what I typically did. And I did not know that you had different magic attacks, by the way, so that's that's bad on me. The only one I ever used was the one that shoots balls out all around you. Yeah, that's the only one I ever used, too. I kind of wish I had more time to play this game before this podcast, but definitely we'll play it continuing on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah basically, there's three magic spells in the game, like, real quick. There's a fireball spell that you guys mentioned, which is good for enemies that are charging you. There's also... A- uh, there's also a lightning spell that will do damage to all the enemies like on the screen. That's also very good against boss fights. And there's a time freeze there for a spell, which is great against boss fights. Uh, because certain bosses are a lot easier if you just simply wait for them to make their attack, freeze them, do- uh, 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 defeat the projectiles, and you can go in there like, and wail them on them like, uh, a little bit. So, care- careful use of the magic, uh, magic with the weapons is, uh, with weapons is key for being able to make it far in this game. Yeah. I can see that. I like. I do like the idea of having an additional magic attack. So let me let me ask you guys this then. We we kind of discussed how much it is. I think. Well, I discussed how much I paid for it, which is around three dollars. I don't know how much it is now, but I can't imagine it's a whole lot more than that. Does anybody know how much it is, or how much it goes for? Uh, I did not look that up, but I could probably look it up real quick. Okay. Well, while you're looking it up, I will say that is. I'm just going to go ahead and say if it's within. Fifteen dollars, then it's worth picking up for sure. Yeah, I don't think this game is available on Virtual Console. No, I, I don't know that it is. I think you would probably just have to pick this one up or play the quote unquote demo version. Well, while I was looking so that up, let me just say like real quick, uh, the controls of this game I thought were very good, also very tight, very responsive. Uh, like very easy controls in this game. Just one button to attack, like one button to jump. Uh, the only difficult thing to figure out to figure out the first time was how to use magic. Yeah, I had an issue where I would accidentally use magic quite a bit instead of because it's kind of it's got the Castlevania style of magic mm-hmm. where you press up and press the attack button. Right. Well, I ended up oftentimes thinking like I could attack up, and I would try to hit like the flying eyeball things mm-hmm. or the flying brains or whatever they are, and I would think that I could stab up, and I'd end up shooting magic instead. Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing that quite a bit on accident. So did you ever, Justin? You got the uh, you got the value there. No, no, not able, not finding it right. Now. 
That's okay. That's okay. Well, um, let me. I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up real quick. But any last words, Greg? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say like real quick. Uh, uh, I also appreciate how the fact. I also appreciate how the, uh, the game like his power ups. Uh, that you find QE, for example, statues and statues that you bash every now and then, uh, who will like regenerate your magic, your magic points, and you can also pick up some wings, which will make your weapon like swing faster. Uh, there's also like one up dolls you can find, kind of like with uh, Zelda Two, like scattered around. So uh, really, everything, really everything in this game is very well balanced. To just like um, uh, the just like with the the power ups and the magic and the the, the magic and the weapons and the level design, everything everything just feels right. Uh, Jalco is not one of my favorite game game companies, but this is definitely my favorite game of theirs, like bar none. Uh, everything just came together beautifully, like this game. Yeah, I think you've got a little uh, a little more of a glowing. You and Justin both have a little more of a glowing feel for this game than I do. I mean, I I like it a lot. I think some of the stuff is a little um, like the power up thing, mm-hmm. and you have three weapons. I think it's a little. I don't want to say mundane. That's the wrong word to use there, but it's a little typical for this type of game it seems a little too exactly what i was expecting and just like everything else if that makes any sense no it does i think it's just a product of the fact like the time like the time period like when the game came out and i'll I'll be the first to admit i definitely have nostalgia covering i covering my eyes as far as like as far as like as far as we look objectively at this game but it's still uh, uh, um you know but i've always said i've always thought so I've always thought like, it was very like you know fun, well balanced, uh, uh, j- uh, just right difficulty game that you can probably pick up and play like a beat an hour. So oh yeah, yeah. And I just looked up the price. Okay, so it yeah, runs I've got for it too. about five dollars ish, five yeah, to ten dollars, five, five so to at, eight. Yeah. So at that price point, I think it's well worth your your time and absolutely and money. I would definitely pick this up. Go on Amazon or eBay or something if you can't find it locally. Um, or apparently, you, eventually you're going to be able to go on GameStop and find it. There's no telling what prices <laughs> that's going to be, but that's the news of the day, right? GameStop's going to be selling old games. But anyway, uh, I would I would say if you go eBay, Amazon, and, and pick this up, or if the local local game store, you should expect to pay between five and ten dollars for it. And I would say it's worth every bit of that. I think it's I think it's definitely worth that. Yeah, this is a quality game. Definitely worth it. <clears throat> so. How about some retrofitted trophies? Retrofitted trophies. All right, I'm excited about this one. <laughs> okay, I have four. Okay. Actually, got- maybe maybe five actually. Okay. Well, I have five also. Okay. Well, let's let you start, Greg. I'll okay. go around. Okay. Um, okay. My first one is a. Uh, my first one is called like a love to bash, and um, and to get this retrofitted trophy, you have to clear an entire stage by only using your axe. So we'll just call it bash, like in the manual. So. Okay. All right. Bash. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Well, my first one is called. Uh, Justin's new mic attacks. <laughs> okay, and if you you didn't get to listen to the last episode yet, Greg, but the Defender of the Crown episode with Justin's new mic, it hel- it really helps pick up his cat. <laughs> it, it it really it's a, a more powerful microphone, so it now picks up his cat really well. And so to get this trophy, you have to get nine lives. 
<laughs> Sweet. And then that, like you it. get the Justin's new microphone attack trophy. All right. Well, my first one is, Madam, I think you need to see a doctor. <laughs> and that is beating Medusa because it looks like all of her guts is falling out. Like it's <laughs> nice. about earlier. <laughs> okay, Greg, what's another one from you? Well, I will see Justin's uh, Justin's boss trophy if I get one of my own. Um, so my next word of fitter trophy is called his friends call him Daphne, um, and that's <laughs> um, and you get this one by beating Caesar. Nice, nice. I like that one. Okay, I have one called bursting with energy, and that is get a full power bar because you can get power ups that make it longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you get it all the way full, you get bursting with energy. My next one is a little throwback to the classic movie lovers out there, and it's called Rosebud. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is just beat the game. Ah, oh, crap, you stole my trophy. My next one is Who Needs Weapons Anyway? Um, and to get this one, you have to defeat 10 enemies, uh, like in the game, with magic attacks only. Okay, I like it. My next one is Tom Arnold would be impressed, and that is get a score over 800,000. Do you have any more, Justin? Are you there? I think we lost him. Okay. Uh, Then go ahead and give us another one, Greg. Okay. My last one, uh, since Justin stole one of mine, um, (laughs) um, is called... So my last trophy is called Protector of the Kingdom. Uh, And to get this one... Uh, and to get this one, this one's tough. Uh, I've gotten this one before, and uh, it's, like, it's like definitely doable. To get protected, to, to, to get to get protected, to, to, to get the trophy, uh, protected the kingdom, you have to finish the game uh, on one life, like a one continue. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty pretty hard. Um, I will say, yeah, I'll say I'm not going to be able to do that anytime soon. <laughs> And I got that okay, trophy just, name because, yeah. like, Steinak's <laughs> name in Greece uh, actually means, like, pleasure of a city. So I just modified it. Uh, so I just, like, modified it to, modified it to like, you know, protector of the kingdom. So Dropping that Greek knowledge on us. Okay, Justin, you got another one? Nice, yeah. Yeah, sorry <laughs> about stealing your trophy. I'm having... Uh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, so I got another one. Now, there was a level on there yeah, called Rent, right? And uh, when it came, when I beat the level, it said Rent Cleared, and it made me think of this. And the trophy is Got It Paid, and that is Beat the Level <laughs> Called Rent. Nice. <laughs> paying the rent. Yeah, paying the rent. Okay, my next one is called Putin Rejoiced. And uh, I think it's pretty well a consensus among the people that level 4-1 is the most difficult level in the game. Yes, it is. I agree to that. So Putin Rejoiced is getting to level 4-1 and losing. (laughs) So if you lose on level 4-1, you get the Putin Rejoiced trophy. Nice. Yeah, if you guys think the stage 3 boss is giving you problems, you're going to have a fun time stage 4 like me get there. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got uh, I've got one more. Has anybody else got any more? Nope, I'm out. Um, go ahead. Okay, my last one is Sweet Feed, and that is pick up some life. You get some sweet. a life power up. Get some Sweet Feed. 
Sweet. So you just went through all of our old sayings. That's right. I sure did. <laughs> so I've got one more. I've got one more. I just found my paper here, and this is one that's got a little backstory to it. So this trophy is called Ping Pong Paddle John. Okay. And uh, yeah, so this is smacking one of those little uh, kind of piles of goo or whatever before they morph into a monster and killing it before they become a monster. Mm-hmm. And as you do that, when you're smacking it with your uh, uh, weapon, it looks like it just this event that happened in my life. This is before Mike, before uh, I knew you, oh. and uh, we were having a sleepover at my party, or at, at my house. Sorry, sleepover party at my house. And John was there. John that's been on the show multiple times. The John and, of uh, bringing us back from breaks fame. Right. And John was, uh, we were playing ping pong in my basement, and all of a sudden, we found a little garter snake. Uh, and everybody was, like, freaking out, scared of it. We were all, like, we were, like, 10 years old. And uh, everybody was running, including my dad. And it was like, <laughs> just a little bitty garter snake. And John just walks over with a ping pong paddle and just beats that thing in the smithereens. I mean, just <laughs> wails on it. <laughs> little 10-year-old John just beating a... Uh, uh, snake, and uh, this is uh, when that character when you when you bend over and start smacking that glob, it just looked just reminded me of that. So nice, yeah, I like it. Man, I'm not sure how I feel about this game. I wonder what the two dudes think. Okay, so what are we going to rate this game? Uh, how are we going to rate this game? Uh, well, we've done mythological character before. Have we? I thought we did wine thought... whenever we did Kid Icarus. <laughs> yeah, I think we did, actually. We did type of wine. Yeah. Okay, let's give it a Greek character, then. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to show my lack of knowledge of Greek mythology. We, well, we've had two Greek quizzes at this point. Mm. You should have at least some. Well, Greg, I'm... you got a Greek character you'd like to give this? Yes, uh, I'm going to give it the Greek character of Venus because I love this game. Uh, I always have, like, since I always have, like, since like the first minute that I played it. Uh, definitely one of my sentimental, sentimental like NES favorites, um, and it's definitely a game I come back to on a regular basis, basis and just like, basis and just like romp through uh, and kind of like just have a blast in the past and a, um, uh, you know, just like, and just remember how it felt to be as a 14 year old kid. Uh, in high school, just playing like NES games, just having like a great time with them. So, um, like, I definitely love this game. All right, good deal. I think I'm going to go with Hercules, just because. Yeah, because um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Hercules. No, exp- no explanation this week for me. Sweet, I like it. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go with Achilles, and uh, just because he was. Uh, just kind of a all-around bad a, and just uh, in battle, and that's. I think this game's just all-around awesome. But it has a weakness. Mm-hmm. Oh, so let me do a quick uh, correction here. That's actually the uh, Venus is the Roman name of the god, uh, but her Greek name is Aphrodite. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's okay. love right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want anybody out there like getting like ticked at me about that. So. <laughs> oh, there'll be plenty of other things for them to get ticked at you about. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, listener feedback. I could not find that, actually. Again? Oh. I know, I'm horrible at this. Okay. 
I can. I think I can find it. It's the pinned post on our in our Facebook group. That's why I can never find it because it's the pinned post. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I do that to make it easier. Yeah, exactly. Trying to help you out here. <laughs> I, I, how much more obvious can it be? Okay. Um, all right. Ready? I'm ready. Well, the first one is kind of not really a comment about this game. It's about a comment because you put this because there was a delay in recording. The Defender of the Crown episode, uh-huh. and Tim said, "I think I heard the same story with uh, Silver Surfer because <laughs> he thought we were skipping it." But uh, anyway, yeah, that's true. Last time I posted here. asking for feedback before we actually released an episode, it was the Silver Surfer, and then that happened, mm-hmm. or it didn't happen actually. So. <laughs> okay, uh, I think Justin has disappeared for another second, so I want to go with our iTunes. We had one iTunes review. Um, let's see here. We're going to have a little pause in the show that Justin should edit out here, I hope, as I pull up iTunes, because I wasn't expecting to have to do it before the feedback portion. <laughs> okay. So we have one five-star review since last time. It is from... Abandoned Murdoch. He says, this is awesome. Or she says, could be she. He or she says, this is awesome. I really have been enjoying the show. I listened to it at work. I only started listening a few days ago, and I just finished the Metroid episode. And the segment for Michael's Quest for the Cart makes me think of back when I had kids and was collecting. My ex sold my NES and all my games a few weeks after. I left her, and I was working at the city trash department and found an NES with the first TMNT, Knight, King's Knight, Ghosts and Goblins, and Super Mario Duck Hunt. I'll keep listening to you guys keep it up. So that's an interesting story. He <laughs> bought a bunch of Nintendo games. His ex-girlfriend, ex-wife, whatever it was, sold it. And then he was working with the trash department and stumbled across another NES <laughs> that somebody had thrown out. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> um Okay, maybe I can pull up the Facebook since Justin is preoccupied. Justin is going to have so much editing to do on this episode. So better him than me, that's all I can say. (laughs) I hope he can handle it. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. Ready? Yep. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yep. Do it. All right. So Joe Copel says, I haven't played this, but watched a few playthroughs on YouTube. It's a gorgeous game, of course. They make it look easy. But I've read numerous reviews, and they and they said otherwise. I'm going to be buying this game so I can play it for sure. Uh, Anthony Pig said, it's very Castlevania-ish. <clears throat> uh, if you have played any of the Ballast games before... It is similar to it. John Sullivan with the what looks like a Ninja Turtle shirt on <laughs> says, Great game, gotta use the in- invisible cheat to beat it, but it's worth using because the story and cutscenes rock. Up four times, down, right, left, right, up, start. And I forgot to mention that in the show. I remember reading about that. I didn't use it, but uh, there is an invisible cheat. Yes, and there's also stage select code. Oh. Nice. Uh, Anthony Pig again said, I never had any problems with the only part that threw me off was the Blackthorn's Castle. 
It's quite a maze, but easy after you learn its secret. And David Book said, Am I the only one who called it Astanax? (laughs) Daniel Walker says, I've never heard of it, but just the fact that it has a dragon on the cover is a good sign. Awesome. Derek Fletchell said, Very solid game. Didn't have anything outstanding to really set it apart, but everything worked well to give the gamer a complete experience. A blast from my past for sure. This game seemed much harder when I was a kid. Also had some pretty funny one-liners and characters in the story. Don't mess with Thorn Dog. <laughs> yeah. And our buddy Sean, who's been running the uh, high score page, uh, says, I have a lot of great memories. With this game, I had to wait until I replayed it for the high school challenge to post, though. The music came back to me as if 18 years hadn't passed since I last played this game. I loved every bit of the nostalgia it brought. All the surprise spots for the weird fireball spitting plant things that popped up. Yeah, I remembered those. You tricky devils. (laughs) The bosses that were suspiciously easy to beat with your spell just to throw you into another boss when you had no more magic. Tricksters, I tell you. This game was great, but I have no idea how I beat this game as a kid. 4-1 is way incredibly hard. Alright. Douglas Delecki said, I love this game, but I agree with Sean. 4-1 minus 1 equals death. There's uh, not a way to avoid getting hit a lot. And uh, Derek Fletchell said... I thought the same thing. Why is 4-1 the hardest level in the game? After I got through that one, the rest of the game was cake. And uh, Douglas Delecky again said, It's so full of respawning death, and for some reason dodging the spears is quite difficult. Sean came back and said, Darn mer dudes. And then Gabe Van Gilder comes in and says, I borrowed this from some dude. At my cousin's house, when I was a kid, it's one of the best NES games out there. Love the spells and the story. I played this on ROM not too long ago, a few years ago, which I shouldn't have to since the Wii U has a VC service. But it is what it is. Still amazing. So, Some good feedback. That's the feedback, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of people either love this game or didn't even know about it. So. Yeah, yeah. So if you know about it, you love it. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, Greg, one more time. Why don't you tell us... I don't think you actually told us... You told us about your show, but you didn't tell us where really could, people could find it. Well, uh, I am located uh, still, unfortunately... Well, well, maybe unfortunately for you guys, but you know... <laughs> uh, but my podcast is still on uh, Potomatic, so you can find me on... Uh, like... Uh, um, at the uh, Super NES Podcast uh, uh, at Potomatic.com. Uh, I also have a Facebook group where you can also uh, find find current games, discussions, uh, upcoming games, uh, that kind of stuff. And the, and the podcast is also available on iTunes and Stitcher. Sweet. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, um, Potomatic, we don't like you, but uh, some people still use you and still like you. Greg likes you, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. All right. So retro junkies, check them out. Greg's a retro junkie too, by the way. We yeah. Didn't, we didn't mention that, but Soup's SNES podcast or the SNES podcast, as I like to call it, is also on the Retro Junkies Network. So go check out the Retro Junkies Network. They have a Facebook page, which shows a bunch of the different shows. They also have a communal feed that you can subscribe to called the Retro Junkies Network on iTunes. So if you subscribe to that, you get every show. So every show shows up on there. So if you want just if you just want to say, hey, you know, I don't want to search out a bunch of cool retro shows. I like Two Dudes in an Ass. I'm curious what else is out there. Uh, well, download the Retro Junkies Network or subscribe to the Retro Junkies Network on iTunes. You'll get us as well as a ton of other people like us that you'll probably like as well. So go check that out. Justin, awesome. do we have any show news? Any other show news? I don't think we do. Not that I can think of. I think this week pretty sh- pretty newsless. Newsless. No news is any good news. Well, not in our case because whenever we have news, it's it's always pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, I guess I could say the junk box is happening. I think we mentioned that it's happening first week of May. I will be shipping that out. So everyone, make sure that you get. I've been posting a link where you can sign up for it. Preference goes to Patreon supporters. Um, so support us on there if you want to guarantee a spot. Otherwise, we will be picking people out of the group who sign up because the group's cool. We like our group members. So go there. Join the group. Support the Patreon. Junk box is happening. It's headed heading out first week of May. You can also find us on nesdudes.com, nintendudes.com, uh, com. You can leave us a voicemail, which we didn't have any this week, but you can leave us a voicemail at 7757-RETRO-1. We are on iTunes and Stitcher and Spreaker. We're also on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Google+. And we have a Facebook group, which is really fun to get involved in. Uh, Facebook slash dot com slash groups slash two dudes in a nest, I think. Or maybe it's nest dudes. There's also the high score group, which is where you can submit high scores and you'll get put on a high score board. We don't just do, we always do this, the game for the week, but we also do a bunch of other games too. So, Yeah, so check us out. Check it out. That's it. Here comes the noises for next week's game. It's another Patreon pick. So, I like the the alliteration there. Patreon pick. I <laughs> uh, can't remember who's picking this one. Maybe Sean, actually, the high score guy. But uh, so, if anybody awesome. wants to figure out who it is and try to pull it out of them, you can. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just listen to this tunage right here and figure it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Everybody. Thanks for coming on, Greg. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate. Appreciate the chance to be on here. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad I picked the game. I'm glad I picked the game. Probably what you guys like. Yeah, yeah, that was a good pick. Appreciate that. And definitely glad to have had you on. Have a better understanding. That's always nice. All right. See you, everybody. Okay. Thanks. Take care.